Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. <laughs> Welcome to Food for Thought. A podcast gab fest for in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, uh, identity, uh, culture, mm. what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for thought. We're actually not a tough nut to crack. We're actually quite easy and desperate right now, so thank you. Um, <laughs> oh you know, it's, like, actually really hard to find food idioms that we haven't already used for yeah. introductions now that we're into our 79th <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's literally, like, just years from now, we're going to be, like, and, uh, and, and, won't you pate my ass? Just, like, random foods. <laughs> no. Just not something about muffins or... <laughs> yeah, you're, like, the blueberry in my muffin. And it's really not, not even funny. funny anymore. Just, like, like word <laughs> salad. <laughs> Oh, gross. We are disgusting, um, and we've been disgusting forever. It's fine. Yeah. Happy holidays, y'all. We're officially in the in the ho-ho-ho yes, season. Yes, Joe has a, a, a hot mug of something. I am... <laughs> Is it spiked? It's just coffee. It's, it's just coffee. Just coffee. <laughs> I am wearing a cozy bathrobe. Um, yeah. I think we're all... I, be, I believe Den is probably, at this point, fully in pumpkin spice latte <laughs> season, right? Den has become a pumpkin spice latte at this point. Den is it pumpkin It is spice. the new nickname for my bussy. <laughs> no, it, no. Pumpkin no, spice. No. Um, well, your I'm bussy thinking is of getting of season, tattooed. Den. <laughs> <laughs> it's overpriced at oh. Starbucks. Your bussy. Oh, overpriced, it, too much syrup. It, it's... it's it's a warm and very flavorful. controversial, divisive even. <laughs> warm and it, flavorful. It takes oh, it, no. ta- it takes you in and comforts you with its and basic moistness. girls love it and and basic girls love basic it. Basic girls love 100% it. One hundred percent true. Right. Um. Yeah. Speaking of basic girls, I am Tommy Teebs Pico, a indigenous American screenwriter, TV writer. Uh, I got my booster and my flu shot on the same day, so I'm basically superhuman at this point. Ain't nothing bring you down. I'm Fran. I'm a writer. I'm an editor, and I don't gotta get cozy if I stay cozy. Okay, <laughs> this is one of six bathrobes that I own, and um, I will own more, as I've said before. That is that is good life advice. End of episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. I am Joseph Oswinson, <laughs> scientist, nonfiction writer, and my sexuality is just like my wild rice goat cheese stuffing because everyone thinks it's pretty gross at first, but then they try it and agree that it's not so bad. Yeah. Uh, also, they're both bad for sex. Um, Terrible for sex. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. And they linger in the mouth linger in a way that mouth, you yes. might not like. <laughs> And I'm Den Michelle, and I'm a reader, a writer, and a former figure skater, and I'm in Cleveland for the holiday. So naturally, I've gotten seven offers to have sex in empty flip properties on air mattresses by men oh. on Grindr. Oh. <laughs> that sounds like a good deal. I, you should do it. Honestly, <laughs> it, might, it might be a good story in my next impure thought. <laughs> mm. <laughs> or I might get murdered. Which then we can make another podcast about. Yeah. True crime. (laughs) I got the menu for y'all this week. Yeah, I was going to say, Joe, can you take us into this menu, please? Get us out of wherever we're at right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On the menu this week, we're all about giving thanks. But to get us going, Fran is going to be an S-L-U-T. And for dessert, Teebs is getting a little freaky. Mm. Take it away. Ah! Buck, 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 peacock. <laughs> ah. 
<laughs> Feeling a little peckish. I mean, you know, we start the top of the show the way any good top should with a little um, tease, our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Bouche. And now that our, our our sections are a little bit different, any first categories are Amuse Bouche. So, Fran, I guess our, your impure thought is also yes, our Amuse Bouche today. Yes, it is. Sorry for all I'm y'all. Scared, because frankly. let me tell you. Uh, we may be in the holidays now, but let me let me transport us to the summertime, the summer of 2021. Mm. It is, you know, yes. the air is warm, the sun is bright, everything's beautiful, and we are on Fire Island, okay? And not just on Hate Fire it. Island, um, but we are on Fire Island with a good crew. I haven't had sex in maybe a few months. Uh, I, it's a bit of a dry spell for me. And so, you know, for the first time, I've come to Fire Island with a good attitude and I'm kind of ready to slut it up. You know what I mean? Like, you know how you, you know how you get in a mood and like, you're like, I haven't had sex in ages. A lot of times I feel great about that. I feel independent and I feel like, you know, fine about, you know, whatever that situation is. But at this stage in my life where we are in the summer of 2021, I'm like ready to get like like railed like mm-hmm. oh yeah you know when that when that time comes when you're like a divining rod for dick and you're like mm-hmm. nope it's coming mm-hmm. <laughs> yes exactly yes exactly and, and and i'm not just that but i'm like i i want i would like a group scenario i would like an in public mm. scenario Ooh. i would like a i just feel like i have made pilgrimage to this island for the sole purpose of sledding it up and I'm staying at I'm staying at a Gorgine house um, uh, at one of my friends, um, and you know I think I was supposed to be there for like a, 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 a quite a few days, so I was like I have plenty of time to like get it in. So, um, night number one, I am you know chatting some guys on Grinder. I had seen someone on the dance floor that I thought was kind of cute. We kept making eyes. I was like, okay, like maybe I've got something going here. Nothing really. Wait a minute. Since when mm-hmm. have you been on Grinder? Mm-hmm. I, you know, that's it. That's actually a really good question. I got on Grinder a little bit like into the pandemic. I'm not gonna lie, and not just on Grinder, but like, I'm like a fucking whore. Like, if if any of y'all thoughts <laughs> see my, pro- I, I actually when I was on Fire Island, I was with friends, and they were like, "Oh my god, I didn't know you were on Grinder." Like, kind of the same thing. And they looked at my profile, and my friend Oscar turns to me and he goes friend you're a fucking slut like he was <laughs> because i have like i guess like really i mean i don't know what my pictures look like now but regardless my point is if any thoughts sim- see me on the grid i apologize in advance <laughs> or also you're welcome um anyways so i'm like in a certain mood i'm like i'm feeling like that like day one has like laddered up to like maybe i'm gonna have some great sex on day two okay like i'm feeling confident i'm feeling smexy you, you planting yeah, the seeds I'm, you're laying the, the seeds as it were yes 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 and so um you know the next night we're gonna go to a party and so what do i do uh, i'm gonna take an emodium um i would like to you know not have to worry about my bodily functions for an evening i would like to have spont- but like as spontaneous uh, sex as possible if i can Yes, it was yeah, yeah. A, an off-brand Emodium, like a Walgreens brand Emodium that I had never used before. And on the back of the package, it says, take one or two tablets. Okay. Right, right, right. I usually... So, friend, for our thoughts who, who yeah, aren't yeah, familiar yeah, Joe, with please. what Emodium is supposed to do. No, I want... So what Like, what do you... Kind of what What does it help oh, with? What does yeah, it great, do? Oh, yeah, great question. So, you know, it is a... um, It is supposed to be an anti-diarrhea medicine. But what it essentially does is it, it, it takes all your food and it dries it up so that you don't have, you know, mess when you um, go to have sex, in theory. And I do it all the time to great success. Like, I'll take one Imodium pill and I'll be good and, like, I'm clean as a whistle and, like, everything's great. So is it instead of douching or in, in addition, addition to, to douching? douching? In addition to douching, okay, just okay. to be safe. So it you like know. stops the top. Yeah, exactly. It's like the, you get the top and the bottom both. Exactly, ready to go. exactly. And so and so, but this is a new. This is an off-brand emodium, and on the back of the package it says, it says take one or two tablets. And so what do I do? I take two because I'm like you know this is a special occasion. I really want everything to go right. <laughs> Everything's gonna be you know like this is like you know. I'm trying to set myself up for 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 success here. 
success. Yeah. Um, that night, I do not have sex. It, I, I'm infuriated. It's one of those moments where I'm you've douched, you've emodiumed, you've done all the things, and you still don't have sex. And you're like, what the fuck? That like that fucking sucks. Like, yeah, yeah like wasted, wasted effort. effort. It feels humiliating. The next day, and I had also hadn't eaten the whole day. Okay. The next morning, I eat breakfast. A big breakfast. Okay, because I'm starving. And um, what happens? What happens about uh, an hour or two later is I, I start to experience pretty much the worst abdominal pain I've ever experienced in my entire life. And and I, I don't want to underplay this for you thoughts. I, I want to, to make it crystal clear that it felt like I was having a baby. It, it, it felt like I had a live, a living being inside the, the smallest cavities of my body, um, having a really difficult time, um, a stuckness that, you know, goes through a pang in like my kind of lower intestine and my abdomen that is like, that is actually so painful that it hurts to lie down. I, I cannot lie down properly. I cannot sit properly. I can barely walk. Like that is how bad this pain is. And it's like heat it's, in the in the stomach. It's like in the in the no, in the booty. It's all, it's like all is stomach. It? It's all stomach. It's maybe some like it feels intestinal. Maybe it feels like a, it's a, it feels like a lot of things. And I was like, I was like, what could this possibly be? And then I remember that I probably had a lot of lingering emodium in my system that has basically taken my huge, huge, huge breakfast and calcified it into a large rock-like turd oh, no. that is attempting to make its way through my digestive system uh, with little success. Fred, were, weren't you just mad before we started recording that the rest of us were talking about our morning I don't know what you're talking about. You're like, how dare listen, you? Joe, how dare you listen, talk about your listen, Joe, 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 if there's one thing I'm going to bring to you the... You just said a rock hard girl, turd. Girl, if there's one thing I'm going to bring to the podcast, it is a double standard. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is my... That is and you got it. And you got to know, Fran's situation is heavily documented in Cardi yeah. B's song, Up. <laughs> if it's up, then if it's, it's up, then it's up, then it's up, then it's stuck. It yeah. I am exactly this stuck. Cardi B song. And so, meanwhile, all my friends are slutting it up. They're going to sex parties. And, like, I, my friend Mina, I went with my friend Mina, who is a slut. Um, and he's, like, going to sex parties, coming back and telling me stories, going to, like, you know, whatever, like, going to make out with friends coming back and telling me stories i literally can't even lie down i'm in so much pain like i cannot sleep it off i can barely watch tv like i can't focus on anything because this pain is so bad i have this rock-like baby baby turd that is like stuck in my system <laughs> i experienced this pain for no exaggeration eight hours oh wow. eight hours of like emodium turd that is trying to make its way downtown, walking fast, paces, faces past, and I'm homebound, okay? <laughs> like, this is truly one of the most humiliating experiences of my life because all my friends are going out. They're having sex. They're having a good time. I was feeling super sexy, and now I feel what is maybe the least sexy I've ever felt in my entire life. This pain goes on for so long that I'm now worried that I need to go to the hospital. I, 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 I'm, I'm telling you, I, I'm not exaggerating the level of pain I was experiencing. It had been long enough where I was like, oh, I should go to a doctor. I simply Google Fire Island doctor. Oh, of dear. Which there are none. Mm -hmm. I, I, I need you all Zero. to know that Zero. Uh, among uh, even a Fire Island also not not just not having food or resources does not have you know primary care there is like one or two doctors who have like that work like a few hours a day and then they close shop before 5 p.m and after that you're pretty much fucked and i'm like oh okay so i'm gonna die 
on Fire Island of some sort of digestive emergency. That's cool. By the way, thoughts, if you do have to go to the hospital for this, they do a very fun procedure that if you have any nurse friends, ask them about. It's called disimpaction. What is that? Literally, someone sticks their hand up there and pulls the. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've Joe. heard about this. I've heard about this. It's basically getting fisted, but without the fun. I was going to say this um, would yeah. not be uh-huh. how I would want to lose my fisting virginity. No. I, <laughs> and like at this moment where I'm like, I need to go to the hospital, but I can't. I'm googling like, what do you do in emergency on Fire Island? I'm reading about people that are helicoptered mm-hmm. off the island because you have to go to the mainland to get to the hospital. I also saw while I was in severe pain that there was a party going on that was hosting a fundraiser with a bunch of white faggots to try and fund like a urgent care. Oh, yeah, city yeah. MD. They a were they were MD. trying to crowdfund a city, <laughs> a fucking <laughs> urgent care, so that Fire Island would literally just have a doctor. And I was like, "You white fags are fundraising when all y'all could have funded a doctor years ago. You are all independently wealthy. Right. Wealthy. Fuck all of you. I'm in a medical emergency. Anyways, I ended up like um, video chatting a doctor. I, I like do like an e chat. He's like, "Okay, drink as much Gatorade as you can. Like, do X, Y, and Z, and do not." under any circumstances, eat anything. He was like, don't eat anything. He's like, you have to like, just pass this through. I I go through eight full hours. And then finally, in the dead of night, in the dead of night, after going through the worst possible pain I could possibly imagine, in the least sexy way, on the sexy, on one of the, what is supposed to be the sexiest places for gay people, um, pass this turd through my body and I say a little prayer to baby Jesus. Did you did you name it? I, what, I, what, what was the astrological sign of the I baby? I should turd have. And it brand. also wasn't. I thought it was going to be like a giant kind of like I thought it was going to be like a really scary experience that was going to be very painful. And I guess it ended up like dissipating or like de- deteriorating because of the Gatorade or something like that. Um, so I didn't quite name it. No, but I'm I, I'm sure that's something that you do all the time. Joe. Uh, oh, they're his children. They're, I have so many. Too many. Joe's too many children. Babies. Too many babies dropped Not off to be school. a size queen about it, but how big was the t- like? How big was this thing passing it through was- you? <laughs> you know, I I really I don't have an answer for you there, Dan. I I I wish I did. If I was Joe, I would. Yes. Um, but I I I do not I do not have an answer for you. All I can say is that um, that week I did not have sex. Because wow. after the entire experience yeah. of that amorphous emergency scenario, like turd, I was like, you know what's great is hanging out with friends. <laughs> oh my and God. so I have all reverse impure thoughted y'all into what is the least sexy um, moment of my life. I bet all y'all thought there was going to be like a beautiful, sexy payoff to this, but there was not. Them. Wow. Yeah, I thought you were going to be like, I'm not, I don't want any kind of rectal stimulation, but God damn, could I still yeah. guzzle some cum? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was kind of one of those moments where I was like, I, I, you know what? I, I think sex is overrated. And, um, <laughs> and like, just like going from horniest I've ever been to like, I've, I've, I d- absolutely do not want to see another man ever, <laughs> maybe again. I'm I'm actually always in the binary state of I never want to see a man, but I'm still fucking horny. Yes. As hell. Oh. But the moral of the story is one: friends are cool too, and they're great to hang out with instead of sex. And two: never take two emodiums. I, I, I don't. I don't recommend it. That's that's my normal dose. No, Joe, you, Joe is <laughs> yes. truly a medical yes. mystery, though. Like you need to be studied that whole, your whole digestive Joe. intestinal system. Definitely start start with one and see how it goes. I take one or two depending on I how long I have friends that t- to... when I told people I took two, they were shook. They were like, "I take a half." I was oh, gonna say no, I, I would be like, from time to time. if I really want it to. Well, to you last, are like a human. Garbage you are truly also. another thing. Truly, I, truly, y'all know I don't believe truly. in like like. If I have to do anything to change up what's going on down there, for I, I just don't want to do it. Like, I don't douche. I have never taken Imodium in my life. I don't know. I just, mm-mm. it freaks me out because of reasons like this. And uh, 
So is the science behind the emodium then douching? The emodium collects everything and then the douche shoots it out. So it's not like you don't have lingering stuff in after success- you do. Yeah, the, in successful iterations yeah. of this, yes, that's what it does for me. Uh, the, yeah, the way I think about it is like the emodium stops new poop from entering the rectum and the douching gets everything out that's already in the rectum. I get- so you are truly an empty Couldn't you vessel. just be regular? I would... I'm just regular. Or you could just suck dick. <laughs> I just suck dick. Or that. Life advice. Just suck, suck dick and, and do that fraudage. Well, thank y'all for joining me on that journey. I, 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 I wanted to bring y'all the freshest of sexy stories. And yet this one I felt was more nuanced. You know, had a, a new twist on an old classic. Some complication. Mm-hmm, classy. It yes. sure was disgusting. <laughs> Mm, I think it's time we got to the meat of our discussion, the thought process of And uh, to lay the bratwurst on the table, we got Fran. That's right. Um, I, you know, I think you thoughts know that um, last late last year, I was um, I I was seeing two therapists at the same time, and without them knowing, pitting them against each other. Uh, to compete for my love. Did I tell you guys this? <laughs> no. no. That is oh. deeply yeah. Yeah. Um It was kind of, well, okay. So the thing was, I had pretty good health insurance um, from a, like, you know, I had pretty good health insurance that offered free telehealth. And so all of my therapy was free, like no co-pays, nothing. Wow. And so I was like, oh, right. wow. Okay. Right. Uh, I can actually like really go for it and see two therapists at yeah. once. And, um, by the way, for, by the way, thoughts. When you're starting a therapy journey, it is actually healthy. Therapists recommend you multiple try out a few yeah. different people for a few sessions and see how they feel. So this is not like bad yeah. behavior at all. And most therapists expect well, you to do it's, it. It's but but pitting them against each other and not telling them is deeply. It's 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 like a deeply Fran way to do something that is otherwise very especially healthy. since I did it for like <laughs> I did it for like months. Like, yeah, this wasn't I just trying it out. This too was long. But you should yeah like go on dates with therapists. Like everyone yeah. should see yeah. multiple therapists if you can um anyways long story short um i have one that i love now and the one that i ended up firing was a little heebie-jeebie she was always trying to get me to like channel energies she told me every time i would like ask her for advice she'd be like oh you should try meditating and i'm like i cannot no (laughs) I, i cannot have you say try meditating to me one more time, I there were so many things about it that just you know we would we didn't vibe. She was for another person, but right before I fired her, she did bestow on me one thing, one practice that I do appreciate greatly and still do often to this day, which is to write down five things that I'm grateful for um, every morning. And she was very adamant about it being the whole sentence. She said, "Write out, I am grateful for." fresh flowers. I'm grateful for group chats. I'm grateful for vintage porn. Um, And you know where I I roll my eyes at it now, it is something that I do really appreciate as, as a part of taking stock of like, you know, what my day looks like. And, you know, the holidays, they are mostly a capitalist abomination um, that kind of clouds and buries the ugliest parts of the quote unquote American dream. Um, But the practice of gratitude is at least one thing that I like in the tradition. And so I guess to start us off, I will ask y'all thoughts. What are you grateful for this year? Uh, <laughs> shut up. Come Bag on. It. We're, we're oh, around the dinner you. table. Come on. Do it. Do it. Do it. You can do it, Joe. You are the mushiest of all of us. How dare Truly. you? How dare you pretend like you don't love this question? Yeah. We're waiting on you, oh, Joe. Fine, I'll go. <laughs> what the fuck are you grateful for, I'm, bitch? I'm, I'm very grateful for my dog, Max. Um, he is the highlight of my life. Uh, every morning that I don't have any place to be, I wake up and kind of doze in bed with him. And we play our morning games where I kind of, uh, he likes to like play hide and go seek under the like little blanket. And I go under there and he digs me out. Like I'm a, been in a, a disaster and he's a rescue dog. Sounds uh, so gay. <laughs> it's so gay. Um, it's way gayer than sex. I'm not, you know, I do think, um, something that I remind myself of all the time and I really do believe uh, that this this pandemonium has showed me the value of this and, and that it's something really, really deeply to be grateful for. I feel like I have fewer relationships, but the ones that I have are deeper. 
you know, my two of my best friends, my pod, we all moved to within a five minute walk of each other. Uh, so I have like standing weekly dates and we all adopted dogs. So there's like three of us, three dogs, three apartments, all walking distance. And we all have dinner together. And I just see them, you know, if, if it's like a week that I haven't seen someone from this crew, we're like, oh, girl, we need to we need to have some wine. Come on over, you know, and it's just um, they're like the most supportive people of all of the work that I do, of the writing, of my day job. And I just I am I, I feel like. You know, it's that dumb, faggoty, chosen family thing. The the Foucault quote saying that sexuality isn't a system of desire, but something to be desired because it allows us to make different types of friendship, mostly. That that queerness is actually uh, a different mo modality of living that emphasizes friendship over um, traditional familial structures. So I'm very grateful for for that small community of, of homosexuals. Aww. I really miss that about New York. I miss that about New York all the time, every day, just being able to walk out of your house and go see somebody instead of like having to make arduous plans over the course of like three weeks that nobody ends up keeping <laughs> in Los Angeles. So true. <laughs> yeah. Mm. LA's trash. What about you, Teebs? What are you grateful for? Everyone is like so reticent. They're like, I don't like this earnest <laughs> question. It is a very earnest question. <clears throat> Yeah. Have y'all ever been to that place, Cafe Gratitude? Oh my God, in LA? no. It's like a vegan restaurant. Oh, I, I did go. I did go once. Yes, years ago. The, for, the thing that the 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 um the person asks you at the table when they take your order is, so what are you grateful for today? And I'm always just like, I'm grateful for the di for when you walk away from my motherfucking table, bitch. Like I hate that question. <laughs> hate that question coming out of your mouth before we, uh, before we eat. I don't. But you know, if I'm if I'm being honest, earnest, and one hundred. I would say that, like, I'm really grateful to have a mm. calling. Like, I'm really, mm. really grateful to to have invested in myself and to have see. You know, we talked about you know the seeds and and friends uh, in pure thought. But I'm just really helpful. I'm really grateful, rather, that like early on in my life, I I did sow a lot. Mm. You know, I sowed a lot of seeds that are that are reaching maturity at this point or are continuing to grow mm -hmm. in terms of like really hunkering down and sitting with myself and being like, you want to be a writer? You got to write. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is, you, you can't like, you can't go, you can't like, you know, literary magazine yourself into being a better writer. You can't nonprofit yourself into being a better writer. You can't like, you know, like go to readings yourself or go to conferences yourself or go to retreats yourself into being a better writer. You have to sit down and write all the time in your spare time. When you have time, you sit down and do it. And it's weird because when you, when you tell yourself to do that, especially early on, you're not good. And in fact, when you start, it doesn't matter. I don't, I feel like it doesn't matter what level you're at. When you start writing, you're just not good. Mm -hmm. And you have to like get over that and, and, and like, Everyone around you seems better because, like, they're more accomplished or they have something else. And it's just like it's a constant. It doesn't feel like real life. It doesn't feel like um, it doesn't feel like a traditional investment. You know, mm. it doesn't feel like, oh, if I do this, then I, there will be progress and eventually I'll get better. But you do and you will. You just have to sit down and do it. And I'm really grateful that I did sit down and do the work and continue to because, like, I've realized, like, in the past month, I had a, I went through a really bad, like end of summer, 2021 mm -hmm. depression, like mm -hmm. really, really bad. And one of the things that helped get me out of it was people, but also like understanding that I had a skill, mm -hmm. like I had, I had a calling like that, like, you know, so many people don't find their thing. And I found my thing and I'm good at it and I work at it every single day and that's writing. And even though it sucks and I hate it, I'm really, really grateful for that little thing, that little bitch Aww. called writing. Aww. That's beautiful. That yes. little bitch. We're all being <laughs> I know. So yeah, that true. was so Tommy. What about you, Den? Um, I mean, so y'all, you know, kind of talked about these like deep things and it's not that this isn't deep, but it's a lot more simple. And Joe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, if I say anything that's not quite true in this, but um, I am really, really grateful for the vaccine because I have yeah. an elderly mm. parent who is has full on Alzheimer's and I hadn't been able to see her for two years. Um, and mm -hmm. in the first sort of eight, nine months of the pandemic, which included last year's holidays, you know, it was, we didn't have the vaccine yet. And 
it was too scary to go home. I'm, I am high risk because I have asthma. Um, so I couldn't see my family over the holidays and I hadn't seen them since the previous holidays because in the early part of 2020, we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and so for this year, like things have changed enough that I was, that my entire family is vaccinated. My mom got her booster. I'm scheduled to get mine soon. And it was like, we can do all of this. Like we can do all of this mm-hmm. safely and feel okay. And when you have a parent who's in the place that my mom is in, like you can just see very clearly the ways in which the decline has happened and you're not around to like be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm really grateful because like I've been home, you know, for almost a week and I've had a few moments where my mom recognized me um, and that was really amazing. Mm. She's basically nonverbal at this point. And I had moments where she said things to me like decipherable sentences that were um, like of the world that, and the moment that we were in and getting to see sort of the joy on her face when she would recognize me um, when she'd recognize my sisters Um was really, really special. And so what it comes down to is I know that there's a lot of controversy around, um, I mean, there's not controversy around the vaccine. There's people who just don't want to get vaccinated for this, that, and the third reason. want to like politicize it, yeah. And want to politicize it. But I'm really grateful because I live in this place where it was really bad. Like April, May, June last year was very scary in New York City and it was very, very bad. And I think now if I lived in a place where many people weren't vaccinated, I might not have, I might have made the decision to not come home again because I might've been like, that's a little nerve wracking. Um, And so it's just funny because I went from being really scared in my place to feeling like I'm in one of the safest places that I can be. Um, I work from home, so I I don't even leave my apartment that much still. Um, And, and, you know, I was able to do this trip and do it safely. So I'm really, really grateful for science in a way that maybe I never have been before. And I'm, yeah. yeah. So. No, I think uh, you're a hundred percent, a hundred percent right. Um, uh, you know, science is a, is a problematic institution that we should talk about honestly. But, um, you know, I, I think about it a lot with the HIV crisis where biomedicine for people who had access to healthcare turned HIV into a manageable, um, a manageable disease in, in a period of, of a year um, once the intervention arrived. And then it's like the, the hard part is biomedicine is never enough, you know, so it's like we have to keep struggling to get more and more access to um, more and more people, but um, it can do magical things. It can do, you know, it can really facilitate safe human interaction um, when it wasn't possible before. So I totally feel you. Fran, what about you? You asked this bullshit homosexual question. This, I wish I had like a, like a, I also have a corny ass answer. I, I am, um, something that I'm really trying to be grateful for right now is alone time because Mm, the last, like, I would say two years, basically like the, the whole time we've been in the pandemic, loneliness has been one of the hardest things that that I've had to contend to. Um, the number one thing I talk about in therapy or the number one thing that I spiral out after I like get stoned in the evening. And um, I think the only way I can get through it is to like be grateful for this alone time and to think about how years from now, when I'm in a different life setup, I'm actually really going to miss this time. Like I'm going to miss how, you know, I'm going to miss like being single. I'm going to miss like what it feels like to have to like have all of this kind of like, you know, to get like stoned and like watch something stupid, to have fun with myself, to like watch and listen to all this amazing like art entertainment that's coming out right now. I think that. Yeah, that's just like something that I'm that's a, a a story I'm always trying to tell myself. And even though I'm not always really grateful for loneliness, I can at least like take stock of it and be like, you know what, you know, you will be grateful for this loneliness. Does that make sense? It is, it is really hard. It is a really hard thing to loneliness or, or being alone in this time is really hard. But but 
But I think it's like a part of it is like being grateful for the time to spend with yourself and also like associate what I've had to do is like associate being alone with being safe, (laughs) you know, like in a way, like that's how I got through like the first like year and a half. And then after I was around people, I was like, oh, no, I can't do that again. Like, I don't know how much I don't like I I feel like I've I have to make. I have to actually concertedly make plans with people. I felt so grateful. Like once I did start to reach out, speaking of gratitude, I was so grateful that people like people who I knew in Los Angeles were expressed the same desire to see each other again, you know, because it was like for for a long time there, it was like we we didn't make plans. We weren't going out. We weren't like, well, well, we weren't. Some people were, but I wasn't anyway, like, you know, and, and to and to spontaneously make plans, you know, to call someone and be like, hey, do you want to go to blah, blah, do you want to go to Runyon right now? Hey, do you want to go see like that? Do you want to go to the drive? Do you want to go to the movies? Do you want to go to the bookstore? you want to go somewhere and have someone be like, shit, yeah, bitch, I want to do that shit. It was weird because when I reached out to people, I, I thought like, I sounded like desperate or weird when I was like, I need to see your face. <laughs> like I need to be in the same physical space as you. And what I've largely was met by were other people being like, I want the same thing. That's so (laughs) true, though. Like, spontaneity is absolutely something I'm also taking stock of. Like, I just miss going to go, like, see shitty movies, like, with my friends. Like, I am on that AMC Stubbs Rewards membership, okay? I am a Stubbanista, (laughs) okay? I uh, highly recommend this program to anybody that lives in an area with AMC Stubbs Rewards. And to know this is not sponsored. I literally just love AMC um, Stubbs Rewards. Well, they have a new one. At the they have a new one at the Grove now because the Pacific Theater at the I Grove is now an AMC. That. Yeah, because Pacific uh, tanked and it, it went bankrupt yeah. in the pandemic, and the Grove business, Theater was bought by AMC. Out of so, ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I, but I, I, my point is like, you know, to to text Rose and to be like, do you want to go see? Um, uh, you know, House of Gucci tonight, like, or like, oh yeah, like we should see mm-hmm. Eternals like right now. Like, you know, like I think that is like, I, I, I'm in the same vibe as YouTube. So I feel that so badly. It's so interesting. I mean, it's so interesting. All these things that I, I, I was arguing this for a long time in the pandemic and I just think it was too, we were too in it and no one wanted to hear it. I was like, this is going to change social interactions. E- even if you made the, pe- the virus go away with the snap of a finger, we've still spent a year and a half being afraid of sharing breath. Like literally the dangerous thing with HIV was like sexual intimacy. And that reprogrammed how a generation, my generation, uh, viewed sex, uh, you know, and still impacts us. And COVID, the dangerous thing is sharing air with someone, being physically close to them, particularly indoors, particularly in a home. Like the, the thing that I get most of, you know, my, my spoons filled up or whatever is like cooking a meal and sharing it in my apartment with wine. And that's like the number one dangerous thing you can possibly do. And that is gonna, you know, affect us. And I I guess my question is, you know, it sounds like Fran, what you're trying to do is something that, you know, I think therapy tells us to do all the time is, is sort of like reframe something, repackage it and be very explicit about, what you're grateful for, even in not the best situation, right? So is that something you do? Like you actually try to be like intentionally grateful for the the good parts of what is not good about life Yeah, reframing, I think, as just like a practice in therapy is like it, it does often work for me or at least like it helps me start to think about things like that are are really helpful. Um, I... I'm reading this book right now called Tarot for Change by Jessica Dore that I strongly recommend. And the whole approach is like taking every card of the tarot and using psychotherapeutic practices to explain like these different stages and stories of your life. And a lot of like what she describes in the book is the practice of taking some of the worst moments of your life, like the tower, which is often described as like the worst possible card you can pull and seeing these moments as opportunities to grow or or opportunities to build something up because it's been broken down. Um, and I, I think that, you know, you just have to return to that. You, you can't, like, sit in your misery all day, as, like, fun as that is, too. Because let's – it's fun to – I it's love fun that. To, yes. I love it. It's fun to be miserable. <laughs> Look, Adele, Adele did not die for our sins. 
okay, on the cross, on the fucking <laughs> crucifix, so that we could sit here and be ungrateful for what Adele has brought us, okay? So, I, you know what's fun? I, I'm on that tip. Both you, Joe and, and, and Fran, you expressed something that I was actually going to ask when we decided that this was going to be our main discussion topic for the week. Because when you look up grateful, its definition is like, you know, gratitude for a kindness or a benefit received. And, you know, with vaccines and with Max and with some of the stuff that we talked about, we have expressed being grateful for things that have made things easier. But are we also grateful for things that make things harder? Mm. It's tough. It is really, I mean, um, it's, it's really, it's, it's so funny that you mentioned the tower, um, the tarot card, Fran. I did a, um, when Alex had his book, How to Write an Autobiographical Novel, Alex Chi, um, he had a cancellation on, on his book tour for an event at the Strand for the moderator. And he asked me to step in very last minute, but I had read the book like 13 times and it was super fun to do. And, you know, there's a big essay in that book about tarot. And so from my favorite deck, I pulled a card um, for the for the the reading and talk back. And I didn't look at it. And I looked at it on stage and it was the tower. And I was like, oh, my God. And Alex was like, no, that's like the tower is all about, um, you know, the possibility for shaking power, you know, shaking down powerful institutions and building up something different. And he's like, I think that's the perfect card for a conversation between you and me about literature because it's like we're trying to do something yeah, different. And also you um, are a crumbling mess. I 100%. 100% am <laughs> a disaster. But don't you think that the times that like where you're presented with a challenge and things are difficult, you do actually, there is the opportunity for you to show up as your best possible self? Yeah, too. I, 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 um... I have, I've, I'm of two minds about this because on the one hand, um, of course, the you know if we never had conflict or bad moments in our life, we would there are huge opportunities for growth, right? Like challenges are opportunities to grow, um, and you learn from them. And if your life never had any challenges, it would be boring as fuck. On the other hand, I think the the times that um, have been most challenging in my life have like actually pushed me off of a mental health cliff. And like, that is not a nice feeling. And people are all, you know, I, I really push back on the notion that like, from your worst moment in life, you learned that was there was nothing good about how I felt in that like, literally, like no redeeming, like I was feverish, I wasn't sleeping, like, I was unwell, you know, I almost I felt like I was gonna have to go to the hospital. Um, and, and, and like, I that is not that is not good. Like, there's nothing other people have had experiences like that and found that there was value in it for them. But for me, when I, when it gets to that point, there is absolutely no value that I take away. Well, I mean, it is sewn within the narrative structure of a feature or like of something uh, like uh, of literature or whatever that, you know, you have this sort of dark night of the soul and then you take what you've learned and you, you pull yourself out of it and then you're a better person. And then you're in the third act and you've become, you know, your actualized self, which is something that can happen, but not always something that does. I think it's interesting though, because gratitude, we think of it in this one way, like we think of it as this positive thing. And so we think of it as yes, being grateful for like what we've taken from something or what we've learned from something. And so it's, it's like, it's almost tropey to kind of um, apply it to something that's really negative or really dark. But I, I tend to think that like, I guess I don't know if I usually think of this as something I'm grateful for, but I am grateful for it. Like one of the ways that I deal with sadness, with heartbreak, with pain, with loss is I fully allow myself to sit in those emotions and like envelop myself in them. And my feeling is that, um, when I do that and just lean in as much as I need to lean in, um, that gives me then the space to to, to be there and then it passes and I move out of that space. And so for me, I often feel grateful for the, those really difficult moments simply because they're a part of my experience and I survive I, and I survive them. I come out of them. And I was watching, it's funny. I was watching this clip of the Tamron Hall show just this morning And Iman was on it and she kind of talked about the same thing. She talked about how in the pandemic, like right before the pandemic hit, she went upstate to her home and she, um, 
he was expecting to be there for, uh, you know, a weekend and ended up being there for a year. And um, she said that was the first time, you know, four years later or, or three and a half years later after her, after David Bowie died, that was the first time that she really dealt with her emotions. And she said, you know, as a mother, you know, I had a teenager who was grieving the loss of her father. I was, you know, dealing with her first. I almost ignored my grief and then it showed up and it sat with me mm. um, and we sat together and then it left and wow. I was, that made me feel like, okay, well maybe the way that I deal with things is, is healthier than I thought it was. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I, I, again, so to bring it back to a very corny place, um, you know, I said, I'm grateful for my friends and Teeb says he's grateful for art making. And I just have to say that, um, I'm incredibly grateful to be able to make this dumb fucking faggot show with, uh, I mean, we've been through a lot together, y'all. Like we, I don't know that any of us would have had the vision that we would, be here mm. doing this, especially like on oh, Zoom no. all those years ago. In the like, pandemic, yeah. That, like <laughs> half of us live in LA and like, you know, I go to LA to like make this show and we're all doing things in our life and like we've made we've made such an incredible community like of I I agree. And I often think to the first like dummy recording we did in Joe's office before election night 2016. (laughs) (laughs) And what an interesting trajectory we've had since that night, because I don't think any of us could have ever guessed the events of the the following night and then the next four years and then the next two years. Correct. No, man. Correct. I'm feeling full, but like I could fit one more thing inside of me. Dead knows how I I feel. And Dessert This Week is a new TV show called Chucky based on the um, 80s, cheesy 80s horror movies, uh, Child's Play, following a doll named Chucky. Um, This is actually not a reboot, Hmm. but a continuation of the original movie. Because it has it has like some survivors from the original movie who show up later to like hunt these manic Chucky dolls. I just wanted to say for the vis-a-vis this podcast that the main character is queer. Mm. Um, the love story at the center of it is like queer. They're like high school queers and one of them has like a podcast and they're like it's gay. like the main character is in love with this podcaster. It's very gay, very queer. The... Um, and and like Chucky comes out to this to this child is like has has a queer son out there um Jennifer Tilly is just like queer goddess goals and it's just I've never okay is it perfect no is it great sure have I ever seen anything like it before no right and you know some of these like the the advent of the walking dead really um made the horror television show a thing of modern pop culture yeah. like after the walking dead and like we've got the scream series and i i know what you did last summer and like so many of these movies that were an hour and a half long are now eight to 10 episodes uh, long. And it's interesting what different people have done with the format. Mm -hmm. And I will say that like most often what my complaint is when these movies have been turned into television shows is there is so much fucking filler. They're so bloated. And you're just waiting until the last five minutes when somebody gets killed because it's about one kill every episode, you know. But this show actually manages to be funny. Mm. It manages to be like uh, smart. That's an interesting word. Um, (laughs) Well, it just it manages to be surprising. Mm. Mm -hmm. It manages to continually subvert my expectation Mm. about what this show is going to do and what directions these characters are going. So it's a pleasant watch with absolutely brutal kills like some of like the i I was i was watching i know what you did last summer at the same time and that show is like frustratingly slow paced and it is like what i don't like about tv shows or movies getting turned into tv shows but like it did have some really it is very very queer and it had some really interesting really really horrible kills but like chucky it manages to maintain my interest it is funny and and it is like because the chucky doll is like an irreverent it's like it's coming from a source that you wouldn't suspect and the whole mythos behind like what makes chucky so scary is that like it is this symbol of 
comfort. Right. It's like mm-hmm. your doll, the thing you hold close mm-hmm. to you. And what if that thing you held close to you wanted you dead? Yep. <laughs> and it's always been a little ridiculous because it's like once you like you get the close up of the doll and the doll's face and it's one thing. But then you see like the doll go towards a living, breathing, full bodied adult person and you're like there is no way that little doll would take down that huge human but <laughs> that's a part of the camp yep. of chucky totally and i just i was i was not suspecting to be this into it it's like 90 something on rotten tomatoes so i would definitely recommend if you have the gumption for horror check out the chucky where do, where TV do you show. watch it teams i don't want to say because <laughs> i have to pay for it but i think uh, you can just google watch chuggy tv show online i feel Perfect. when 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 you dropped in the chat like i want to talk about the chuggy show i thought i i thought for sure it was it had to be another chuggy not the child's play chuggy i was like <laughs> surely you are not telling me that there is a queer tv adaptation of a ancient horror film about a ventriloquist dummy that can't be that can't be true and yet here we are and here's here's one thing i will say about getting older before we started recording like joe and i were talking about like being at that age where when you when you stand up you make noise (laughs) (laughs) and i don't and like i'm watching this show and these kids look so young to me yeah and I was wondering if it was because I'm getting older or because they're actually casting teenagers as teenagers instead of having 20-somethings yeah. play teenagers. Yep. That yeah. is essential. That really makes a huge difference. I mean, I love me a show difference. where the teens are 30-somethings. Like Sex Education, Riverdale, <laughs> like, you know, love that stuff. Oh, yeah. But One Tree Hill, Dawson's Creek. But like when you look, but like when you look at these kids on Chucky, they look like 14, wow. 15, 16-year-olds. And then when they're getting killed brutally by a doll, you're like, oh, man. So when we're, these are babies getting killed by this doll. <laughs> like, it, but like when you watch it in the movies and they're 20-something, it just doesn't have the same pang yeah. and the same register. But then also when you're seeing like young queers fall in love and they're, they're actually teenagers, you're like, this is so tender and pure and mm. innocent. And when they're 20 somethings, you're like, get it in, get it in, get it in. So it's just a different, it's a different vibe. Different but I don't vibe. know. Again, it might be because they're ca- actually casting teenagers as teenagers mm. or I'm just old as fuck. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our new home at Stitcher. Our producer is the uh, Chini de Pepe to our Italian wedding soup, Alexandra de Palma. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review us five stars on iTunes or we shave Fran's head. I am yes! Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find yes! me at Hey Teebs on Instagram, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S. You're not shaving my head. Okay, sorry. Continue. No, go ahead, go ahead, baby. It's I'm you. Fran. Uh, you can find me at Fran Squish Co., where I will have long, luscious locks all day long. Thank you. And you can also stream my you new should... podcast, Like a Virgin, wherever you stream podcasts. Fran, you should definitely shave your head as part of a fundraiser to get a city MD on fire. I support Island. this. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I am Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com where you can also pre-order my new book, Virology. And I'm Dan Michelle and no one will be shaving my head. And um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Dan Michelle. Find us on Instagram at Gay Sluts Who Read and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod. And finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics. To thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com as always. That's food, the number four, and thought spelled how? T H O T. That was pretty good. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 